Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where a city slicker tries to scam a farmer and fails miserably. Our next Reddit post is from Brigadoon Rosefall. Hello all, my nieces and nephews have decided that I, as the cool auntie, must master this thing called Reddit with stories of my youth. To start this story, I need to explain a bit about where it happened. My grandfather owned a 150-acre forest campground property with over a dozen buildings on the property. These buildings range from the common room, ceremony hall, barn, 18 different cabins, and a few other buildings one might find on a beautiful campground. This campground was used as a venue for all sorts of company retreats, wedding events, camps, or getaways. Anytime the camp ran an event that used horses, my grandpa enlisted the help of the grandkids. He had gotten his fill of screaming and shouting kids, or excitedly shrieking women or men who thought that they knew best when it came to horses by the time that I came along. One event happened when I was about 11 years old. I was helping out with the Girl Scouts guided tour on one of the trail rides when I noticed the smell was wrong in the air. I had us all turn back while the den mother tried to harp on about how I was cutting their trail short. I lied and said that one of the horses had a bad limp and they needed to turn back right away. All the girls were worried about the horse in question and the rider offered to walk next to her horse all the way back. I said he'd be okay, but we need to turn back now. Well, when we made it out of the thick forest trail where the trees weren't blocking us in, we could see what made the horses so uneasy. Smoke. Loads of smoke was coming up the mountain, and the worst place for a fire to be is under you on a mountain. I knew the property. I'd grown up riding and climbing all over it. I ordered everyone to let their horses gallop and let them run back to the barn. The barn had a large open area that was just plain dirt. It would last until we could get them down to the fire station. I let everyone ride hard past me and these girls were barely clinging to their horses and I was worried that someone might fall off if I was completely honest. Well, we made it back to the arena without any real issues and a lot of the girls were crying. One of my older brothers assured us that everything was alright and told the girls that they would be earning a few extra badges that day. They'd sign off on the badges and everything, which got the girls to brighten up a lot. Now, the fire hadn't spread too far onto Grandpa's property just yet. I knew that we had large water tanks, I had to help clean them before, but I never understood how exceptional the water tanks really were. That day, I got to see my grandpa's water storage almost choke an entire forest fire. Those five 30,000 gallon tanks were accessed at key spots with the fire department. His three 65,000 gallon tanks were put into a sprinkler system that absolutely soaked everything on the property, turning it into a thick mud and even the gravel and cement pathways were covered in mud. However, my grandfather's two large 120,000 gallon tanks were being used with the firefighting helicopters. To a child, it felt like you were in the middle of a war zone. I was scared as I tried to keep the Girl Scouts and the horses calm when the firecopters flew overhead to refill the main large one. By the end of it, the fire was out, the Girl Scouts got five badges ranging from fire safety to leadership, and everyone was safe. The cleanup for the fire took two weeks, a lot of pressure washing, and a lot of backbreaking labor. Now onto the main reason that I'm here, to tell the story of revenge. Grandpa's property had beautiful trails, a gorgeous visa that had almost no light pollution, and plenty of reasons to hike, explore, and book us for events. Grandpa was protective of these venue spots, because if he allowed people to walk freely, then people wouldn't pay for us to use them. So he made sure to follow the letter of the law, marking it as private property and would chase people down if they violated it. One person in town hounded Grandpa to use his property for free because Grandma attended the church. 
She demanded that Grandpa give the church free use of the property for every book study and every little event. However, she wanted to charge an admission that would go right back into the church that her husband was one of the pastors to. To say that Grandpa didn't enjoy this money-grubbing woman was an understatement. He wasn't a churchgoer, but to keep the peace with his wife's church, he would host free events once a year or so for the church's youth. For the free event, kids would be fed for a three-day weekend, interact with horses, go on trail rides, and go fishing in the river or in a big pond on the property. He would host three a year for the kids in the valley, depending on their age. He would also enlist his kids and grandkids to help out with the events to save on the cost of running them. Well, after doing this for five years, it came out when I went to the church that she was charging families almost $300 for the sake of going to the church. I'd gone with my oldest brother, who they assumed was my dad, and they tried to sell him a ticket for the event. My brother's face went red, and he asked for further confirmation on the dates and the event itself. He said that he agreed to think about it, and the woman went on to badger another family. They offered sponsorships that allowed the kids to go up for a discount, too. She was squeezing every last penny out of her fellow churchgoers. My brother and I had been there to talk to the head pastor, not this woman's husband, about him visiting our grandmother since she was bedridden due to her old age. Mid-sermon, though, my brother whispered to another woman to ask if the one hosting the service was the husband to that woman or not. When she confirmed that it was, my brother stood up. This was not our church and no one here knew us. My brother had a voice that could fill up a space while talking in a normal tone, so when I heard him suddenly speaking after standing, I was surprised myself. You can imagine the look on over 200 people's faces as a stranger stood up and interrupted a sermon. My brother said, I'm surprised you're able to stand up on that stage and speak of honesty to all these people. You and your wife are crooks and thieves. You've been stealing from these people for who knows how many events. I'm curious how far the rabbit hole to your theft goes. The pastor said, Excuse me, sir, what are you talking about? My grandfather runs a horse camp that all these kids are attending this upcoming weekend. He's never charged any of the kids or their families a single cent for using it. He knows how hard it is to attend fancy camps. He had to pay for all of us kids to go. He hated having to come up with so much money all the time. He hosts this free event for the kids and his grandkids help him run the event. I should know, I'm the stable master during the event. You could have heard a pin drop. The pastor's face turned a few shades of red and then a woman stood up a few rows back from us. What do you mean that he doesn't charge? This woman looked ready to breathe fire, and I noticed this woman had five kids with her. She looked like she was ready to start a riot, and my brother nodded. My granddad knows firsthand how hard it is to come up with funds, and how much going to different places affected his kids and helped them grow. He pays for their food, he lets them use their horses, has his family teach them about horses, and, hey, Daniel, remember me? One of this lady's older kids had been staring at my brother, and he confirmed that my brother worked at the event. Everything broke out into screaming and shouting at that point, and it took us hours to sort everything out. The pastor's wife had gone missing during that screaming match. It came to light that the pastor thought his wife, who hated the organization, would give all the funds to my grandpa. She never even put them into the church. Things got a little bit crazy as everyone realized what she'd done and the weight of the scam that she'd pulled off. Each event hosted around 20 to 25 kids. Also, people would donate money to help the kids of less fortunate families, so we're not sure how much under-the-table money was given, but we do have an estimate on how much she got away with. $105,000 was the estimated amount that she got away with before vanishing into the night. To say that this was confusing was an understatement for me. 
I just wanted to go back home and keep an eye on the horses. My oldest brother's fury was nothing compared to the anger that my grandpa felt. He was so angry about it and only allowed the head pastor to come visit my grandma. He was bitter, but at his wife's request, he wouldn't let his bitterness affect the kids. We hosted the events as planned, and Grandpa's bitterness grew as we went from having 25 kids as our max to almost 50 kids per session. Every single one of our beds was occupied, and all of our hearts felt raw. I was a kid and I felt cheated, but I refused to let that show, trying to follow Grandpa's example. I failed miserably a few times, I'm sure of that, but I did try. Well, now we're on to the revenge part of the story. All of the above happened in the lovely era of, hey, the internet is a thing, how new. Grandpa had had his venue listed in the yellow pages if that dates us at all. I turned 20, and Grandma's health, which had been in steady decline over the past few years, had really crashed hard. Her end was getting close. Grandpa asked me to help with her and the events going on because he was in no way ready to visit with people at all. So I balanced taking care of her needs and Grandpa's needs with running the venue through the booked events. On the website we had, I removed all the information and wrote a message that stated, Due to current conditions, only previously booked events are on the schedule. Thank you. We'll be up and running again after the events conclude. It was the nicest way that I could think to put, My grandparents aren't able to handle people at the moment. Please leave us alone. Well, while I was in town with the pastor after attending the things for almost five months, my truck broke down. Unfortunately for me, the auto shop needed a part from another city and it would take a few days to get there. I asked a family member if he could tow me to the shop over there and he offered to have his wife drop off the car so I could go back to work with my grandma and he'd take care of my truck. I politely refused because I desperately needed a break. Even just a ride to another town 30 minutes away would get me away from the suffocating feeling with them. They agreed and took me over to get my truck fixed. Now the shop owner said it would be about 3 hours to fix and I could wander around town. I told my family member that I was good, he could head out, and I'd call if I needed more help. He gave me a hug and told the auto shop that he'd pay for the repair bill. I needed a break and I appreciated that. Family helps family is our creed. So I got to wander around a town that I'd never really been to before, trying to find a good place to get some food for lunch. When I made it to the restaurant, I noticed a very well-made flyer in a window. It talked about an upcoming meteor shower and how beautiful it was going to be. It mentioned how the next town over's light pollution was going to eclipse the beauty of God's sparkling show. It talked about the event being held up on the mountain, where parking would be $20 for a breathtaking view of the sky, weather permitting. I smiled a little as I read the flyer, and then I did a double take. The flyer was boasting about a certain vista. A vista only available on Grandpa's land. I wrote down all the info on the flyer and told myself I would call as soon as possible. I went to the shop to get food, and I wondered if I'd messed up and completely forgotten about an event. Well, it turned out that I hadn't, and when I got home, I double-checked everything. We had parking for maybe 40 cars max, so I was curious where the cars would be parked. I decided to call the number with an out-of-state cell phone, thanks to an uncle and aunt who were visiting my grandma when I got back with my truck. Hi, how can I help you? Hi, I found your flyer. Oh my gosh, it sounds like so much fun. I mean, the stars in town are like a thousand percent better than anything in my area. Are they really so pretty up on the mountain? Oh, yes. It's one of the best places to watch the stars in our area. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. But, like, I'm worried about how many people are going to end up going. When we park, my car's not going to, like, I don't know, end up with dirt on it, is it? 
Oh, no worries about that. We have premium parking for $40, but the $20 is parking in a pasture. The entrance fee is by the car. Do we need, like, another type of fee? Oh, yes. A $5 fee per person will also be needed. Make sure to bring cash for parking in your entrance fees. We'll have food carts, too. I was shaking at this point in anger at this woman. I had checked the schedule, and I knew that no event was going to be happening. The campground had been abandoned a bit, and all the horses moved to my cousin's place at the base of the mountain. And I was taking care of Grandma and Grandpa at their cabin on another property on the same mountain. I said, alright, I'll be there. Thanks so much. I hung up after the goodbyes, and I started to shake in anger. I knew the property was closed down, and we'd had some issues with someone breaking into the property. I'd been trying my best to manage the events, the venue, and Grandma and Grandpa. I really had. She had mentioned that a pasture would offer parking for everyone, and I wondered which one it would be. Then I realized that it was time for the soil to be tilled and smooth for the horses. I also realized something that I could do that would be wonderfully evil. I asked my visiting family if they wouldn't mind keeping an eye on Grandma and Grandpa, and I sped off to visit a family member. This particular man had married one of my aunts and adored my family and worked as part of our fire department in our area. I came in with all the information and I told him my plan. I signed the documents and put the information away in the back of a drawer and he gave me the okay to go with my plan. I tilled the pastures, all of them. I churned up the dirt and smoothed it out, making it look like such an inviting slab of land to park on. I then left all the gates wide open. I didn't want anyone breaking locks and I knew this was going to happen one way or another. Now, if you've ever tilled the soil, you know the ground is soft. That's what plants need in order to grow. Hard soil will kill your plants almost as fast as overwatering or crows. The day before the event, I was in the main parlor getting some water when I noticed a car coming up. They sped up, and who stepped out but the pastor's wife I'd seen all those years ago, and another woman from the same church. It dawned on me then that this was a con that they were using, and I wondered how many times they'd used my campgrounds before. I saw red. I hid and watched as they knocked on doors, checked all over the place for any signs of life, and then started to talk excitedly as they sped off. I made sure my grandparents were well looked after as I kept lurking in the campgrounds and waiting. They came back the next day, the day of the event, and brought a line of porta potties, a hand washing station, and even a few food vendors. They turned on the footlights to the wedding vista, and I felt my blood just about boil. I could have called the cops in for trespassing, but I had a much bigger plan in mind for these nasty women. I waited until I saw cars lining the pastures, three pastures worth of cars. The driveway crammed so tight with cars that I was amazed at how many fit. The gravel driveway was even being used, and so was the cement area by the barn. I hadn't realized how big this event was really going to be, and I instantly started to worry about my plan. There were so many people. But I had followed the letter of the law with the help from my family. I had posted private property and clothes for maintenance signs all over the place. I was so nervous as I saw so many people going up the path, but I resolved that my plan was foolproof. When the food vendors turned off their lights, I knew it was time. Everyone was away from their cars at the Vista. I started with the pastures. That lovely soil plus a sprinkler system quickly became a muddy sinkhole that sunk all the cars up to their tires and doors. I went all out. I turned on every fire sprinkler on the property. I knew the Vista was getting a proper soaking too. Everything was. I'd started with the pastures first and with sprinklers that could douse a fire. I did everything that I remembered as a child. 
It flooded the pastures and made the driveways impassable. It washed out part of the road for anything other than off-roading trucks and vehicles. With over a hundred cars in the pastures, I was gleeful as I heard people coming down the path. I shut off the sprinklers after 10 minutes while everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. People were calling the cops, emergency services, screaming and confusion everywhere. And those two ladies' cars, I'd taken great delight in letting the air out of their tires and adding extra water under their cars. Their car was sunk pretty deep. Well, my work was done. I hiked out and down the hill and left to go back into town. By the time that the cops made it there, I was already back at my grandma and grandpa's place. I was found there, and my family vouched that I'd been there the entire night when the police showed up. I explained to the police that I wouldn't be caught on the campground tonight, especially not with a fire safety test going on. We were testing the water tank pressure by running them on an automatic timer for 10 minutes and then measuring the water missing from the tanks after a few days. They wanted to know about the event, and we said that we weren't hosting any events at all. Why would we when we told the police department almost a month prior that the campgrounds were closed until further notice? The two women who had hosted the event were caught and charged with trespassing and a whole mess of other things, including reckless endangerment. Also, the fire department produced a permit to test the fire tanks, because, after all, they were paramount to running the fire department. They had two helicopters that could fill at those stations, and they needed to make sure that they could each pump out 100 gallons per minute, after all. The two women had to pay for towing services, damage that the towing caused to the property, hotels and inns for the people who were stranded and didn't have someone else to come pick them up, and a ton of legal fees. The woman from the church had been wanted for her previous crimes and had been living at this other woman's house helping her run similar scams all over the country by using out-of-season abandoned properties for their scams. I don't have too much other information about this because, unfortunately, at the time that this was going on, my grandma passed away. I do know that all the profits from their scams had been sunk into fixing the damages and repaying for their crimes. It cost a lot to dig out all the cars that got stuck in the mud. <sighs> OP, stories like these are why I wake up in the morning. <laughs> you absolutely destroyed those scammers. Not only were they surrounded by hundreds of angry people, they also had no escape routes. Also, if there's a warrant out for your arrest, how stupid do you have to be to run public events? That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish videos that were banned from YouTube. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.